Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, meekness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Lay hold on the eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession before many witnesses. That was 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. And the title of today's Life Study of Timothy program number 12 is A Man of God. This is Matt Miller, and I'm glad to have Ed Marks with me for today's conclusion to 1 Timothy. Ed, thanks for coming by the studio today. Yeah, Matt, it's, it's really good to be here. First and Second Timothy are very particular and marvelous books. And like you said, the program today is on a man of God. And what a statement that Paul makes to Timothy, you owe man of God. All of us as believers in Christ, we need to aspire to be real men of God. And Matt, when we use the term man of God, this actually brings us back to God's original intention for man, because God created man as a vessel in his image so that man would contain him, be filled with him, and express him. So a man of God is someone who's filled with God, who contains God, who's saturated and permeated with God, who lives God, and who expresses God. So this is God's original intention for man, and I think we'll get a lot of practical help on how we can be men of God in our daily life. Ed, there's a focus in this program on the pursuing and the fighting, fighting the good fight of the fate, pursuing these things that we read in the verses. Say a little bit about this pursuing and fighting. Yes, like you said, these two verses, 1 Timothy 6, 11, and 12, show us how to be a man of God. And we'll see from Brother Lee's sharing on this life study message that we have to pursue Christ and his virtues and his divine attributes, which he lived out as his human virtues, which are righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and meekness. And then we'll see also that we need to fight the good fight of the faith. And the way we do this is by laying hold on the eternal life. And Christ is our eternal life. He lives in us. We need to lay hold on him. We need to possess him. So this is what we'll see in this broadcast. Thanks, Ed. Let's join Witness Lee now as we go to Life Study of Timothy, Program 12. Now we come to the last message of First Timothy. A man of God. Isn't this good? This book begins with God's dispensation. And it ends with a man of God. This is all together what the Lord wants. He wants men of God through his dispensation of himself into his believing ones. Now, look into all the items Paul charged Timothy to pursue after. First of all, righteousness. 
If you are going to carry out God's dispensation, to have the local churches built up as a real, genuine expression of Christ, you must be a man of God pursuing to be right with God and man. Then God and Pursue the expression of God. In chapter 4, Timothy was charged to exercise himself to this. Here, firstly, a man of God should pursue, not after power, not after miraculous gifts. No, no, forget about that. A man of God should pursue after what? After the righteousness. And after Godness, to have a living, just expressing God in every way. Then what? Faith. Faith means an organic union by contacting God through his word and in his spirit. This is faith. We pursue this. Then love. Then endurance, be sure when we live a godly life, we will suffer. The whole world is against God. When we live God and when we live out God, when we express God, surely what we live will be opposed, attacked by this godless world. So we have to endure and also pursue Ed, Paul charged Timothy to pursue righteousness, godliness, Mm -hmm. faith, love, endurance, and meekness. And that's just for starters. Boy, there's a lot here, isn't there? There is, Matt. And what I'd like our listeners to realize that when Paul tells us to pursue these different attributes... Actually, what he's saying is, I want you to pursue Christ in all of these different aspects. Hmm. If you look in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 3 in particular, you can see Paul's aspiration was to know Christ, to gain Christ, to be found in Christ, and to pursue Christ. Here in Timothy, he's saying pursue Christ in these many wonderful aspects. The first thing is we have to pursue Christ as our righteousness, You know, like Brother Lee shared, righteousness means to be right with God and right with man. Paul exercised, if you look at Acts 24, 16, his testimony before that Roman governor was that he always exercised to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. This is the way we pursue Christ as our righteousness. We need to take care of our conscience. If we sin, we fail, we commit trespasses, we need to confess our sins to the Lord. He forgives our sins. And if we offend anyone, we need to ask for forgiveness. This keeps our conscience clean, keeps us right with God, right with man. It's very practical. And then godliness is the expression of God in our daily life. We need to be those who we don't express ourselves, we express Christ. And in Philippians chapter 1, Paul said that he didn't want to be put to shame in anything, but that he wanted to magnify Christ in his body. And the way we do this, according to Paul's word in Philippians 1, is we need to be filled with the bountiful supply of the Spirit every day. 
And we need to spend time with the Lord every day, personal time, so that we can get filled with him. Then the third thing is faith. Christ is our faith. We need to pursue faith. Practically, in Romans 10, 17, uh, Paul says, the Lord says through Paul, faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. So when we're listening to God's word, like many of you are doing on this program, you're listening in, faith is increasing within us. And we need to pursue faith and allow Christ as faith to increase within us. Then love, Christ is our love. And Matt, I was considering, you know, I was praying over, actually praying over these points in my time with the Lord today. And uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, he said, the love of Christ constrains us. It is a good thing to pray this. I would encourage our listeners to say, Lord, constrain me with your love. I want your love just be like a tide in my being that constrains me to live you and to pursue you. Uh, This is to pursue love. Then we have to pursue endurance, like Brother Lee said. If we're pursuing the Lord, we will be persecuted, and we need endurance. We're in a long race. Matt, again, this is Paul in the book of Hebrews. He says, run with endurance the race which is set before us. And how do we do this? He says, we do this by looking away to Jesus. So we need to look away from everything in this world turn our hearts to him, gaze on him. He infuses us with himself, and then we have him as our endurance to run the race. And finally, we need to enjoy Christ as our meekness. This person within us, when people opposed him, he didn't fight back. He didn't resist. He just was at peace. And the only way we can have this quality is we need to enjoy Christ, we need to pursue Christ, and we need to be filled with Christ. If we experience all these aspects of Christ, we'll be his expression in the universe as his body. So this is just marvelous. There's a lot here. I tried to fit a lot into what I fellowshiped about, but I would encourage our listeners even to take this verse and pray it back to the Lord and pray over these points. These are great points of pursuit, Ed. For the sake of time, though, let's go on to the next section with Witness Lee and the matter of fighting the good fight of the faith. Then fight the goat fight of the faith. That means the fight for God's New Testament economy. The fight for the revelation and the living of Christ as the embodiment of God and the church as the body of Christ. This is the faith. We have to fight for this. And then lay hold on eternal life. Oh, you must realize just these two verses, they give us a marvelous summary, nearly, of the whole New Testament. Our business is to fight. Fight for Christ at the embodiment of God. And fight for the church. At the body of Christ. By what? By the divine life. In a subjective way, by laying hold to this life. Apart from this life, I do nothing. I do everything. I live, I speak, I talk to my wife, I rebuke my children, not by my natural life. I lay hold to this eternal divine life. Hallelujah. We are today's Timothy's. We've all been called to this life. No other book says such a word. 
lay hold on the eternal life to which you have been called. Have you ever got to know that you have been called to this eternal life? Don't interpret it in this way, saying, oh, 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 the eternal life is just eternal blessing, a kind of um, blessing by and by. Forget about this kind of interpretation. The eternal life here is a present life. It's a life for you today's living. We have been called to this eternal life. We shouldn't live the natural life. We have to be human, to live a human life by this eternal life. Oh, dear saints, we have been called to one unique thing. That is the eternal life, which is the divine life, and which is actually the triune God himself. We just hold on this life and we live this life and we have our being by this life. Ed, I told you at the beginning of this section that it was going to be about fighting the good fight of the faith, but I think there was more emphasis on this matter of laying hold of the eternal life. Why don't you say more about this for our listeners? Matt, you're exactly right. I mean, what Paul is saying here is that the way that we fight the good fight of the faith is by laying hold on the eternal life. And Matt, I was considering this, you know, all of us, I would like to say this to our listeners, need to realize that when we received Christ as our Savior, he came into us to be our life. And that life, in the Greek, there's three words for life. There's bios, where we get the word biology. That's our physical life. Mm -hmm. And then there's suke. That's where we get the word psychology. That's the life of our soul. Our mind is the leading part of our soul. But in the Gospel of John, the Lord said, I am the life, and I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. The Greek word for life there is zoe, and that is the divine, eternal, uncreated life of God. And what the Lord was saying there is, I am the life. I am the divine life. I am the eternal life. So when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, he comes to dwell in our spirit, and we have eternal life in us. Uh, Matt, as believers in Christ, we have to lay hold on that life, that person who is inside of us. And to do this, Matt, I'm always burdened for us as believers that we would learn how to maintain our life with the Lord. Hmm. And this is what Paul was saying, lay hold on the eternal life. You know, if you look at the Gospel of John, you can see that the Lord, he is all the necessities of our spiritual life so that we can enjoy him as life and lay hold on him as life. For instance, if you look in John at the end, John 20, 22, it says he breathed into them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This Greek word is pneuma. Actually, that's receive the holy breath or the holy air. This shows that we need to breathe Christ in every day, just as we breathe in physical air. We can lay hold on him as our life by breathing him in. And according to Lamentations 3, verses 55 and 56, Jeremiah told us that he breathed in the Lord by calling on the Lord's name. You see, so right now, you're in your car, you're in the kitchen, maybe you're at work, you're listening to this program, you can call on the Lord. You could say, Lord Jesus, I open my whole being up to you. Lord Jesus, I love you. We can speak the Lord's name throughout the day, and we breathe him in. Also, Christ is our living water. 
according to John chapter 7. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We need to drink him in as our spiritual water every day. And again, we do this by praying, by calling on his name, by opening our being up to him, by contacting him. We can drink him. He's also our spiritual food. In John chapter 6, he said, I'm the bread of life. And he said, if anyone eats me, he'll live because of me. But the way that we enjoy him as our spiritual food is by his word. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So we need to be in the word every day. His words are life to us. Practical, tangible way to lay hold of life is lay hold of the word. Exactly, because his words are life. They are spirit and they are life. So when we read the word and we read it in an atmosphere and spirit of prayer, his word becomes our spiritual food. Also, he's the divine light. He told us to follow him. He said, "If you, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you'll have the light of life. And light, what is light? A practical definition of light is that light is the very presence of God. So again, Matt, every day we need to get in the Lord's presence. We need to contact him, spend personal time with him, meet with other believers like we're doing right now. We're having a meeting, and we're in the Lord's presence We're in the light of God, and this light is the light of life. We're laying hold on life this way. And then, this is also in the book of John. In John 15, he tells us to abide in him as the vine tree. You see, this shows that he's our dwelling place. We can abide in him. The Lord is our dwelling place. This is the way we lay hold on him as life. We abide in him. We remain in him. We dwell in him. And again, all these life practices, Matt, are the way we can lay hold on Christ's life. We pray. We call on the name of the Lord. We tell the Lord we love him every day. We open to him. We meet with other believers and we fellowship with him and we spend time in his word every day. This is the way we lay hold on life. This is the way life increases within us. And this is the way we can express Christ as our godliness. I hope our listeners enjoyed that as much as I did, Ed. Let's go on, though, before we run out of time. I'd like to read 1 Timothy 6, verses 13 and 14, as we go to this uh, final section of the whole life study of 1 Timothy. I charge you before God, who preserves all things in life, and Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, to keep the commandment spotless, without reproach, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to Witness Lee. Verse 13. I charge you before God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed before Pontius Pilate the good confession. Hard to understand this. Paul's concept was that God gives life. And there was a man on this earth who lived that life. You know, when the Lord Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, that was the end of his life on this earth. What was the life of the Lord Jesus on this earth? That was a life living by the eternal life. He lived this life which God gave. Then at the end of his journey on this earth, he stood there before Pontius Pilate and he made a good confession, confession of a living 
by such a life. Now you understand why Paul charged Timothy by God in this way and by Christ in this way. By God, because God gives the life. By Christ, because he lives the life. Now Timothy, you must be such a man. And this is the man of God. When Christ, who lived this life, and who made a confession at the end of his journey on this earth before Pinchas Pilate, he was a man of God. And he lived righteousness, he lived godliness, he lived love, faith, and he lived endurance and meekness. He was such a one. Oh, Timothy, you be charged to be such a one. You continue him to live such a life until he comes back. He will say, good child, you have been my continuation. I hope that when his appearing comes, he would say this to all of us. Good child, you have been my continuation. I was a man of God on this earth. You continued me to be such a man of God on this earth. Not living by your natural life, but living by the eternal life. Ed, this is kind of a sobering and touching conclusion here about Paul speaking about a continuation of a life on the earth that expresses God. Can you make this a little practical before we conclude? Yeah, Matt, what we see here is that the Lord Jesus, as a man, when he lived on this earth, he rejected himself and he lived by the Father's life. He lives in us now. He's our pattern. So for us to live the Christian life means that we need to deny ourselves, reject our natural life, and live by another life. And this other life is Christ himself as life within us. You know, in John five nineteen, the Lord said he didn't do anything out from himself. He took the Father as his source. If you look in the Gospels, the Lord tells us he didn't do his own work. He did the Father's work. He didn't speak his own word. He spoke the Father's word. He didn't seek his own will. He sought the Father's will. He didn't seek his own glory. He sought the Father's glory. Matt, we need to be the same. We have this living person within us as our living pattern, and we need to reject ourselves and live by Christ as our life. Matt, just to conclude in a very practical way, in our daily life or when we're serving the Lord, we always need to have this prayer within us. Lord Jesus, whatever I do today, I want you to be my source. I want everything to come out from you. I take you as my source. I take you as my originator. So I want you to be the source of my living, and I want you to be the source of my serving you. Then the second thing, we should do everything not just out of him, but also through him. We need to say, Lord, when I live today, I want to live by you as the spirit in my spirit. I want you to be my strength. I want you to be my energy. I want you to be my person. I want you to be my life. I want you to be my everything. And that kind of prayer, the Lord honors that. Then we're living by another life. And then finally, Matt, whatever we do, we should have the attitude and the prayer. Lord, I am here on this earth for your glory. That means whatever in my living, 
in my serving. I am here for one reason, and that's to express you. That's what glory is. Glory is the expression of God. So if we have that prayer in us, Lord, I want everything to be out of you, through you, and to you for your glory. We'll be people who live by another life, and we will be real men of God as the continuation of Christ on this earth. Well, that was the title of our program today, Ed, A Man of God. Thanks for your sharing. We'll have to stop there, though, because the time's up. Thanks for coming into the studio today. And Matt, we're going to Second Timothy after this, right? Tomorrow. Oh, that's wonderful. Our listeners will really enjoy Second Timothy, and I'm really looking to the Lord that I could be back for one of these broadcasts on Second Timothy. It's a very special book. I'm looking forward to that, too, Ed. If you'd like to get a copy of the printed material, our phone number is one eight 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 life study that's one 888 or you can email to radio at lsm.org on behalf of ed marks this is matt miller thank you for listening today Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.